Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yep, that's right. It has happened again. So I thought about it and I thought about it and I was like, okay. Apparently Andrade and Sammy Guevara fell out last night at AEW Dynamite. There was an altercation and Andrade got sent home. So here is my solution to the problem. So here we have one wrestler and here we have another wrestler. And wrestler A and wrestler B don't like each other. So they get together and they say, I don't like what you did. Oh, I'm really sorry. But also, I didn't appreciate you either. <laughs> that was my bad. Let's hug. <laughs> Look, it's turned into smile one and smile two. So we just get rid of that. Well, now, realistically, these are human beings and we have no idea what is going on. But I do agree with you. Kind of feels like it's getting out of control. But the best thing that we can do is take all of that and throw it over there and just enjoy the art of professional wrestling. Because we did have an AEW Dynamite show. I thought it was really good. Of course I did. That's what people always say. Simon, you think everything is good. Oh, no. Poor me. Having a great old time in life. Let's up those downs. So somehow, it is the three-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite. That is why I am digging my grave, because where the hell did those three years go? I mean, look at me. I've lost my hair. My beard has gone grey. Some of that may have happened before Dynamite. We did kick off in the right way, though, because it was MJF taking on Wheeler Yuta, which is two homegrown talents who have made their name in All Elite Wrestling, and I thought it was great. That's why Jacob Friedman somehow feels like a bigger star after his hiatus, and beforehand he was doing pretty good. And I tell you, Wheeler Yuta is underrated. Anytime you put him in any kind of a spot, he's all like, ha I'm going to smash it. And he does. Yuta also pissed off Maxwell to begin with because he was out fighting him. Which is, of course, when MJF kind of beckoned him into the ropes and then took his wrestling gear and threw him into the turnbuckle. Because that's just what he does. He's an asshole. He also started working on the back after this while also shouting at the fans. <laughs> You're a bunch of poindexters. But then all of a sudden, Wheels got into this and he started to bust out every single German suplex you've ever seen in your life. And if you've lost your German suplex today, Wheeler Yuta probably has it. And this is when he started to make the first of many mistakes because he kept going to the top rope. And every time he did go to the top of the turnbuckle, MGF would stop him. And here he hit him with this powerbomb backbreaker thing. And it made me all go oogly boogly because it looked horrible. There was a bunch of slaps. They both were trying to get the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, when they collided each other with clotheslines. When flipping Wheelie Utah went back to the top. And I was like, that's it. I'm taking the kids and I'm going to my mother's. You do whatever you want. He was still able to hurricane run his way out of that position because MJF was going to hit an avalanche tombstone. And I was freaking out. And this is when it finally paid off 
because he hit this splash. And I tell you, he must have traveled three quarters of a way across the ring. And there's a life lesson for you, kids. Never give up on your dreams, even if your dreams are hitting a top rope splash. He also went for that seatbelt thingamajig, whatever the hell he calls it, but this kind of left him in a vulnerable position because MJF locked in the salt of the earth armbar and then he really cranked it. Wheeler Utah had to tap out, but this just served everybody. Maxwell Jacob Freeman reminded you that he's a great wrestler and even in defeat, Utah was like, I told you, I know what I'm doing. I enjoyed all of this. Wills also lost his mind after this because he tried to shake Maxwell's hand and that was never going to happen. Although MGF did think about it when Lee Moriarty teleported down from the Starship Enterprise, he started to beat up Wheels. Maxwell acted like he was all, oh, I can't believe you did this, but then Stokely Hathaway was here. He gave the diamond dynamite ring, whatever the hell it's called, to Maxwell Jacob Freeman, who's about to punch Wheeler Utah. When William Regal got off commentary, he revealed he had the brass knucks. And he actually had a standoff with MJF. As ever, MJF backed off because that is his role. And now I've started to think, are we going to see William Regal versus MJF? Now I doubt it, but if we do, I'm going to do a backflip. Give me more of this. We had a video for Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia taking on Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, which is going to be our main event next. And then we cut to the Jericho Appreciation Society. And all you need to know is that Sam... Only said one line, and as soon as he did, everybody went boo. So I don't think any of this is going to end well, but I hope I am wrong when it was time for Jay Lethal versus Darby Allen. Now I am going to say, given that we are at the three-year mark with Dynamite, it would be nice if matches like this just had a little bit more story to them. Now, AEW did promote this. It wasn't like it just came out of nowhere. But given what happened at the end, it would be nice if this now led on to something else. But when you get to the start of the other one, you also have something to bite into. What? Otherwise, though, this was just another showcase for somebody who has made their name in All Elite Wrestling, and Jay Lethal, who has been smashing it now for about 20 years. Alan also made a massive mistake because he obviously ignored the first match because he too went for a handshake, and Jay was like, no, you ain't getting that, you stupid boy. And when Lethal gave him a flip, Darby Allen landed on his leg and it looked like he tweaked it. Jay went right after this and he worked it over so well that even when he Irish whipped Darby Allen, Darby fell down because again, he couldn't put any pressure on it. But unfortunately, Jay does get a little bit carried away when he went to finish this off. Instead, Allen got up and he hit him with the Scorpion Dead Drop. It didn't work because Lethal was like, all right, well, I'm just going to chop block you and what are you going to do now, you stupid fool? Which is when he decided to go to the top rope. And I was like, were you two not watching what happened all of five minutes ago? Why is nobody paying attention to me? And I realized I was shouting in my lounge and that's not a normal thing to do. I just realized I made it sound like Jay Lethal went to the top rope. No, it was Darby Allen because Jay did have his head screwed on and he just dragon screwed the crap out of Darby. And I once again was shouting into the abyss. To be fair though, he then went for the lethal injection. Darby got completely out of the way and Jay landed on his head. So once again, I was just shuffling around. And the absolute best part is towards the end, out came Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt. And they were like, Jay, Jay, we're here to help you. But Lethal said, no, I do not need your help. I will do this by myself. But apparently he became French. This was a horrendous ever because from nowhere, Alan rolled him up with The Last Supper or the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and he got the three. But I tell you, I like these little seeds we're planting, especially because afterwards, Jay Lethal and Darby Allen did shake hands with Darby saying, you do not need these people. 
Nobody is French. Now that is completely wrong because when Jay Lethal has been teaming up with his boys, he's been winning. <laughs> when he sent them away, he lost. But this does feel like we're doing some sort of a turn. Who the hell knows what's going to happen next week, but it makes you want to watch. Give it a nap. We then got a video for the Gates of Agony. And if you're like, who are the Gates of Agony? That's why we did it, because it is the Ring of Honor group who haven't been on TV for a while, but at least they got something, something here. When it was time for Brian Cage versus Wardlow, this was great. There's always an argument in pro wrestling where people go, oh, if you're a big dude, you shouldn't fly around the ring because there's no need. And while I can understand that, I don't need to worry about such things. And these two dudes were flying around the ring like they were cruiserweights. And I was having a great time. It was also big men slapping man meat, so you did get that too. But then Wardlow was doing Hurricane Ranas and Brian Cage was doing head scissors. And these are not small people. I mean, they're actually massive. They even mucked around with a 619 at one point, so Rey Mysterio is probably like, my work here is done. I have influenced the industry. And because the prince was on the outside, who is Brian Cage's best friend, he started casting distraction. Now that really did work because Cage not only was able to slam Wardlow with the Alabama slam, hence the slam, hashtag slam, but he also hit that outside inset suplex thing he does. And once again, because there was so much meat here, I couldn't help but watch it. The most ridiculous part, though, is when Brian sent Ward into the ropes, and rather than hit them, Wardlow jumped up to the top, and he hit this spinning senton thing. I can't even walk up the stairs without going, ow, my hamstring. This guy doesn't make any sense. He also hit a bunch of German suplexes when it was just big move after big move. But yeah, as soon as he did have the chance, Wardlow was able to score with the Powerbomb Symphony. And I think he hit four of these. And once again, that's basically like powerbombing some kind of massive rock. He got the win. He is still your TNT champion. This will get up from today to the day I die. What I want from it's also a reason that I don't really need the Wardlow versus Samoa Joe tag team because I just want to see them involved in singles matches like this. But of course, after the Gates had jumped in and tried to beat up Wardlow, out came Samoa Joe to make the save and everybody went wild. So what do I know? It's working. However, look at the numbers here. It was four guys versus two. We needed two more heroes. So out came FTR and the reaction they got for this. So clearly we are going to do some multi-mans and some tag team matches. But again, if you listen to the fans, it sounds like they're well into it. I just want to see more, you know, big men slapping man meat along with hurricanranas and flips and who knows what else. But look, all of it, pretty damn good segment. Rip Baker then told us that Soraya is not cleared, so shall not be wrestling, as she's talked to some doctors. And do not forget that Baker herself is a local medical professional, so maybe she's telling the truth. It also meant it was time for Tony Storm, Athena and Willow Nightingale to take on Penelope Ford, Jamie Hayter and Serena Deeb. And while I have no idea where that came from... I do enjoy what we're doing with the women's division at the moment, because at least lots of people are being featured. Baker and Soraya are in their respective corners too. It does kind of feel to me like we need a proper challenger for Tony Storm. But otherwise, this was a match that basically focused on Willow Nightingale. And I'm never going to argue with that, because this person deserves a mega push. She's got something, and we need to embrace it. We also had some cool stuff between Penelope Ford and Athena, and Tony Storm and Serena Deeb, who carried on their feud. But then, yes... Willow got the hot tag and just said, time to shine. 
Like she was some kind of anime character and she kicked everybody's ass. Now I don't know if she is signed properly, but she absolutely should do. And just when she finished all this, Rebel, who was also on the outside, found a crutch and was like, I think I'm gonna use it. Soraya did stop that though, that's why she was out there, which is when Nightingale hit this pounce onto Penelope Ford. And then the tag klaxon, ha, must have gone off. Because it was just move, 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 move. It ended with Penelope hitting this mega cutter, but when she went for her handspring, Willow just kicked her in midair. I don't know what it is about midair maneuvers, but it gets me every time. She also then followed this up with the doctor bomb, and even though the commentators exploded like that was the finish, I didn't believe it. And then the ref went one, and the ref went two, and the ref went three, <laughs> and that was the end. And I started to do a dance because I am officially part of the Willow Nightingale fan club. Brian and Soraya also had a stare down after this and we did have a massive brawl and the former Paige was firing off some shots before she went, this is my house. This is very interesting. And I don't know if I'm being worked or if she's actually not gonna fight. I can't lie though, even though that's where the spotlight is meant to be, I'm more excited about Nightingale, especially because later she got in Jade Cargill's face and was like, I wanna challenge you for the TBS title. And I'd actually give it to her. That's right. I said it. It had to be said. It is getting it out. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. We were then backstage with Tony Schiavati, Roosh and Private Party, which I also like, because at least they're back on TV. And Jose, the assistant, was there too, going, look, look at all this footage we've got of you. You're not helping out the group, because we know you're now in cahoots with Matt Hardy. And that is massively bad, because apparently Hardy has been contract tampering. Yes, we're back to that. So later on, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy basically have to prove their loyalty. Now look, I am happy for any wrestling company to try any wrestling storyline, but I tell you this, I don't get this one. Goes over my bald head, but we shall wait and see. And the main reason I don't care, and the main reason I kicked it to the curb, is because after this, 
We got the celebration of National Scissoring Day. It was just the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I've told you before, I'll tell you again. Goofy wrestling for life, four words. G-W-F-L. That may have been wrong. I don't know. I was too excited about this. You gotta go watch it. It was brilliant right away because Tony Schiavone on commentary went, Taz scissor me. And Taz went, no. And then the acclaimed and Billy Gunn came out to just all the noise. Everybody loves them, which they've been saying for a while now. Max Caster did his rap. And as soon as Anthony Bowens got in the ring, he was like, do not forget that when you do scissor someone, it's a sign of friendship. And I was like, ah, let's go. Bowens also called himself the Sultan of Scissoring, and I'm going to stick with that for a while. When they took a shot at Swerve and our glory and said (laughs) they were just a tag team that got thrown together. And this was a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because that's exactly what Tony Khan did with the acclaimed. Cannot argue with the results. Billy Gunn also flew in at this point and said that it's not Swerve's house and it's Daddy Ass's house. Honestly, you can say that till the cows come home and it doesn't make any sense. I mean, really, what the hell is Daddy Ass? He also gave the acclaimed this massive pair of golden scissors, as we were told, to scissor the person to our left and scissor the person to our right. That's a sign of peace. This is what we all have to do now. You're walking down the road, you see someone, you give them a scissor. You walk down, I don't know, train tracks, not the train tracks, the train platform. You give them a sinner, you do it in school, you do it in the gym. We must scissor everyone. It's only fair. This just got silly and sillier to the point if I ever do meet Anthony Bones and Max Caster, I'm just going to give them a massive hug because goofy wrestling for life. When Swerve Strickland interrupted. You can't have been that surprised. He said he was going to do it. I also love that even though he does act like a massive idiot, he has a great point because he said, listen, Billy Gunn, daddy ass, you should be the tag team champions right now because if it wasn't for you interfering, Swerve and our glory would still have those titles. And again, he is correct. But does anybody care? No. He also challenged daddy ass to a match and they are going to do that next week when he produced a rock because, of course, Rock beat scissors. And all I could think was, Swerve, did you go outside and just find a rock and put it in your pocket? Because that's the weirdest thing that's happened this whole segment, and that's saying something. Mark Sterling then just randomly walked out, and he had his papers, so he told Strickland, ah, don't forget, paper covers rocks. I was like, man, this is awesome. And, of course, the only reason he was there so that everybody could beat him up, which they did... I like that dude. He totally gets his role. This is when Billy did accept Swerve's challenge. Everybody went back to the scissoring. And everybody involved in this just needs a massive roll of applause. Be it Max Kastner, Anthony Bowens, Billy Gunn, Mark Sterling, or Swerve Strickland. They just totally get it. And they made this absolutely superb. And it reminded me, which usually does happen, why I love professional wrestling. Don't just give it an up. Give it a scissor up. I don't even know what that means. But somehow write scissor me daddy or something down there. Or just put it up on there. I don't even care. I loved it. We then had a quick chat with the Dark Order who mentioned on Friday it's going to be the anniversary of the last time Brody Lee had a tag team match. That just made you feel really sad and depressed in your tum-tum. But to try and make up for it, the Dark Order are going to go after the trio's titles. Now you also may be wondering, wait a minute, I thought on that show it was meant to be 10 versus Andrade in a career versus mask match. Well, as we hinted at during the intro, Andrade and Sammy Guevara did get into a big fight backstage. Andrade got sent home, and now it's not happening. I think it's probably the right thing to do, although we have no idea what the true story is. But it does beg the question why Sam wasn't sent home. But I do have to give it a down, because this is not what we need. I was sort of looking forward to Andrade versus 10. I thought AEW had worked it quite well. And now, because of real-life backstage nonsense, we're not going to get it. That is never good. You can never spin it that way. 
hence the down. AEW then went bonkers because Madison Rain and Sky Blue were having a chat. I was like, why are they a team? Now, usually I like to watch AEW Dark and Elevation, but I'm just behind at the moment because life is being life. So some kind of news about why they are friends would have been great. Then it got even stranger because Anna, JAS and Ty Mello walked in and said, oh, you're wrestlers, we're sports entertainers. So now they're going to have a match on Rampage. So I really do think we need to have a little bit of a better setup for these things. So we went from the Dark Order going, should we have a trios match? Yeah, we should. To these guys going, yeah, should we have a match? Yeah, we should. Just give me a little bit more story. Otherwise, these things get announced and then they vanish. You don't really get anything out of them. It's got to get it down. We were then back to the matches, though, and it was Hangman Adam Page versus Roosh. I thought it rocked. Now, I don't think anybody believed the Cowboy was going to win, but that's why Jose was out with Roosh. Hello, my friends. This is Simon Miller, and you may be wondering why Ups and Downs has just paused. (laughs) That's because there was a vocal error. I said that everybody thought Hangman Page was going to lose when I meant Roosh. Am I an idiot? (laughs) Yes, I am. And he was just casting distraction. And at one point, he just grabbed Adam Page's foot. And I was like, I don't think that's kosher. It also allowed Roosh to throw him into Barry Barricade. And this is when we cut to the back and Maxwell Jacob Friedman was watching on with his giant oversized chip. Now, I do get it. This means he does get a title shot. But why is it so comically large? Around this time, too, the cowboy fought back with a fallaway slam. And then I tell you, Roosh went to leapfrog him. But Adam caught him and gave him the DVD for a near fall. Once again, I was clapping again. I've already told you, I don't understand why if you do something in midair, it's better, but it just is. The whole thing was structured around the buckshot lariat too, because once again, when Hangman Adam Page was going to hit it, Jose was interfering again, and he was grabbing onto Hangman's leg. This meant when he was finally able to push the trigger, Roosh just gave him this headbutt, and then this mad pile driver, and honestly, this is what happened to my body. It looked terrifying. He then went for the bullhorns, but Page had this scouted, and he was able to hit the buckshot lariat to get the victory and while Rush does lose a lot I think he kind of has something at the moment or at least he's cementing himself we all know the deal with the hangman he's just great private party then ran out because they wanted to prove they could be mega assholes when this got really interesting because they were stopped by Jonathan Moxley he told these idiots to leave the cowboy alone because when they do take on each other in two weeks he wants a fresh Adam Page and also mentioned look you've beaten everybody in AEW I've beaten everybody in AEW but do you know who the other one hasn't beat it's me or it's you point is they haven't beat each other Moxley delivered it far better than that and I was like what a good line Mox also said said he was gonna kill Page, said he was gonna leave him blue in the ring. While he does respect him outside of these ropes, he doesn't respect anybody inside the squared circle. Let's hope he never has to face his mum. Just as he was about to leave, Adam was all like, come back in here, man, and we'll have a fight right now. And John was like, right, that's one. I'm not going to do it, but don't do it again. And as ever, John Moxley just turns up. He barely says anything, but he makes all his feuds feel so damn important. Once again, do I think Hangman Adam Page is going to win? No. But do I believe these two can trick me into thinking maybe, just maybe? Yes, I do. I am giving this an up. Luchasaurus then murdered Fuego Del Sol. And I was like, man, poor guy. This is the second week that Fuego has just been absolutely killed. Somebody needs to help him. It does quite work when it comes to Luchasaurus, though, because now he is a mega violent dinosaur. And you're like, well, yeah, if a Tyrannosaurus Rex was in 
in the ring, this is probably what they do. He was going to finish Del Sol off as well before Jungle Boy did come running out with the chair and he was swinging it around. My gosh, he was so emotional. He was like, Luchasaurus, you were my best friend and you broke my heart, but now I'm going to break everything in your body. I was like, oh man, shots fired. Jungle was also ready to go right now and Christian was all like, all right, we will do it next week or in a couple of weeks when they are in Canada. And sure, look, in hindsight, Jungle Boy should have beat Christian. But I am still invested in this. The only real disappointment is this entire segment only got about three minutes and you need a little more to emotionally invest. However, I am going to give it an up. It's not like it's bad, was it? But actually, I think overall, when you go down the line, it's been pretty good. Which brought us to the main event. And this is what I'm talking about because it was all about stories. Plus, it was Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara taking on Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia. Or, <laughs> Daniel Bryan. I'll see myself out. Because you had so much going on here, given the fact that one, Daniel Garcia is the prettiest girl at the ball and everybody wants his attention. And that two, you have Jericho, who by all reports is the calming essence in the locker room and the locker room leader. And you have Sammy Guevara, who may be going a bit crazy. Jericho and Garcia kicked things off too when Christopher offered the handshake and Daniel accepted. But then as had Jericho been doing in a lot of his recent matches, he just allowed Garcia to whip his ass. This is what you need to do, because straight away Daniel Garcia is elevated. The fans are also clearly aware of what Guevara had done, because they were shouting a lot of things at him before he even did get in the ring. And then when he tripped Daniel Garcia and got the tag, honestly, you would have thought the worst person ever had just walked in there. The boos that ran down... And I don't think they were saying blue words. Also, do you remember when he was faced for a little while? Nope, I don't remember either. And this is when Brian Danielson got the tag. And not only did he open up on Sam, but he did a dive onto Chris Jericho. Because it is 2022, we must have a dive. I mean, he is protecting us all. When Chris and Brian eventually got into it, they just built on everything they've been doing over the last few weeks. So they were going to submission from submission to submission from submission. And kind of throughout all of this, Daniel Garcia was having a breakdown because he didn't know what to do because it's all about the small things. This is what Blink-182 was singing about. Jericho, though, didn't have the same worries. At one point, he just went boop. And he punched Garcia to the floor. Guevara was then getting wrecked by Danielson, but somehow Sammy was still able to hit a Spanish fly on him. And I freak out of that move anyway, but when you do it to Danielson, for some reason, it's times two. This also allowed Jericho and Garcia to do simultaneous tags, but now there was no love loss whatsoever, and they fought over the walls of Jericho and the Dragon Tamer, with Daniel locking his in. This is when Sammy was back, and yes, he broke it up, so once again, it was just boom, boom, boom. So he is a mega heel. And then we had this lovely moment where Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia locked in simultaneous cross faces, then they were doing the hammer and elbows pretty sure he's going to join the BCC. This thing then got really out of control with Jericho hurling Brian Danielson through the damn Timmy the Timekeeper's table. When back in the ring, Garcia was able to lock on the Dragon Tamer and it looked like Sammy Guevara was going to tap out. Now, it did get a bit weird here because referee Aubrey Edwards got right in Sammy's face like, are oh, you going to be okay? Tell me how you're going to tap out. And because of that, Chris Jericho's all right. <laughs> you're not looking over here at all. And he got the Ring of Honor world title. And he smacked Danny Boy right in the end. This meant that he was dead and Guevara was just able to pin him. And once again, you heard that right. In this match, Sammy Guevara got the one, two, three. I mean, what are we going to do? I really like this finish, though, because one, it was the only shenanigans of the night. And two, Chris Jericho continues to absolutely disrespect Ring of Honor, which is his whole point. He wants to dishonor it. I have no idea how this is going to play out, especially with all the behind the scenes stuff. But in terms of a main event, these four are pretty damn good. 
I'm giving it an hour. Which brings us to the end of another AEW Dynamite. And first of all, I am genuinely astounded it has been three years. And while there has been ups and downs, I think most of it has been ups. And I thought this show was pretty good. Now, I don't know what's going to happen between Andrade and Sammy Guevara. But as always, let's remember that they're real people with real feelings, real emotions. Let's just hope it works itself out. I am giving the show it up. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.